0: Father, we thank you for the victory. We thank you right now, God, as we stand in agreement that, God, we had the victory in spite of what it is that we're going through right now. Wherever we are, whatever season we're in in our life, we got the victory. We know how the movie ends. There's a lot of drama. There's some things that have made us sad, but we know how the movie ends. It works out in the end because all things work together for the good of those who love the lord god and so god we stand on tiptoe in anticipation of what you're getting ready to do today we thank you for your holy spirit we thank you god for being god and god all by yourself we love you god hide me behind calvary's cross that somebody might see jesus i'm weak but you are strong and you said when i'm weak that you'll make me strong and so father i pray you stand up tall in me today and preach your word that somebody might be set free in Jesus' name, amen. Come on, if you love the Lord, clap on the way to your seat. You. want to thank God for our online virtual members. Can y'all give God praise for our online church family? Mark Rogers, hey, good morning. Good morning, Miss Dorothy Porter. Good morning, Miss Tony Russell. Uh, my Aunt Merlin is on. Lula Bowen, Cece Williams, Evelyn. Uh, Larisse, Cantonese, Crystal Gale, Valencia. Let's give it up for all of the people on YouTube, on Facebook, Twitter. And thank God for you being in the house today. Look at you, looking like yourself. So good to see each and every one of you this morning. Y'all, I'm I'm running on fumes this morning. Y'all got to pray my strength. Uh, I, I I had a proud daddy moment, me and my wife. Uh, drove to Bowling Green, Kentucky last night to see our baby boy, Jaden, go over Cap Rodney Brooks. You should have seen him. He, he did everything I told him to do. Yeah. I said, work it, boy, work it. It's in ya. <laughs> now, if I try to do some of that stuff he did, I'd be in the hospital. But we came back this morning still excited because I had to get back to you. I had to get back to you, and I'm excited about this word. Can we give God praise for Traveling Grace and for a new Kappa? Um, This morning, I need your help. So I'm teaching on hope this month because I feel like that we're in a season where people are trying to recover from hopelessness. So much has been happening back to back to back, and people are wondering, God, where is the hope in this and if you got some friends or family that are struggling with hopelessness do me a favor don't be stingy this morning I need you to share some good news I think I got some good news for them so would you do me a favor pull out your phones I'm looking at you I'm looking at you pull out your smartphone and pull up the New Direction Christian Church Facebook page and watch this if you haven't followed it or liked it do so now this is your church page we ought to have more than what we got on there because I need you to like it. And, here, and here's what you need to do. Click on the live broadcast, and there's a share button. And I need you to share to the people in your message and share with the people in your group. Share it on your page and say, my pastor's getting ready to give us some hope. Yeah. Old folks Jesus say, let me hope you. Yeah. Pastor's getting ready to give us some hope. So would you share that with me this morning, everybody? YouTube Twitter Facebook there is a word from the Lord are y'all ready I ain't moving on stage until I hear you I said are y'all ready all right let's go then let's go then there's there's a word from the Lord and I think it's going to bless you and put you in position to prosper yes sir so let's look and y'all can stand with me one more time I promise I'll be standing longer than you will Jeremiah 29 11 through 14 and i'll be reading from the new living translation did y'all know there's a wonderful app in addition to our new direction christian church app my wife Rhonda she puts the notes up there her and her team put notes on the new direction christian church app which you can download for free on android or apple and i have fill in the blank we have fill in the blank notes for my sermon so you can take it and read it and digest it all week long. So if you don't have the New Direction Christian Church app, download it. And then there's another app called the YouVersion Bible app that has all these different translations. Because every now and then, to get a better understanding of God's word, you need to look from a different translation. Today's translation is NLT. And it reads this way. Jeremiah 29, 11. This is what the Lord Of heaven's armies, the God of Israel says to all the captives he has exiled to Babylon from Jerusalem. Build homes and plan to stay. Look at somebody beside you and say, stay. Plant gardens and eat the food they produce. Look at somebody and say, plant. Marry and have children, then find spouses for them so that you may have many grandchildren. Multiply. Do not dwindle away. Look at somebody say multiply. multiply. And work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Pray, To the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. Look at somebody and say, pray. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says. Do not let your prophets and fortune tellers who are with you in the land of Babylon trick you. Do not listen to their dreams. Watch this. Be careful who you listen to. You might be talking to a dream buster. Because they're telling you lies in my name. I have not sent them, says the Lord. This is what the Lord says. You will be in Babylon. You will be in exile for 70 years. But, somebody say but. But then I will come and do for you all the good things I have promised. Somebody should have shouted right there. I will come and do for you all the good things I have promised, and I will bring you home again. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. Watch this, y'all. I will end your captivity and restore your money. (laughs) Keisha, nobody's getting excited over there. I said, I will deliver you from captivity, and I'm going to restore your finances. I'm going to restore your fortune. I'm going to restore your wealth. Y'all not talking to me in here. Look at somebody. Say, I'm about to get it all back. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you and will bring you home again to your own land. What I want to talk to y'all about is this. I hope you come back. Huh? Would you touch somebody's elbow? I know we're easing back into the, you know, our new normal. Would you touch somebody's elbow and say, I hope you come back? Can you type in the comment section in your online, I hope you come back? As a matter of fact, somebody type, I'm on my way back. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. yes. Y'all, it's spring again. We on our way marching to Easter. It's going to be Easter before you know it, then Christmas. (laughs) Time seems to be moving at warp speed. But with all that is going on in the world, it's sometimes easy to get confused as to what season we're in. Am I the only person that is thrown off by weather patterns? I got out my short sleeve, step outside, and the Hulk meets me, makes me go back and change, and puts my sweater back on. Hello, somebody. I got my sweater on, step out, it's hot, have to go back in the house, put on something else. We were so confused, Rodney, the other day. Me and Rodney, we getting older. And we, we, we don't know what season we in. And so she's talking to her mama. You know, uh, older people always know they, they got an almanac in their, in their system. And her mama's 89, just turned 89, still in her right mind. Amen. Praise God. She's talking to her mama. She said, Mama, is it spring yet? She said, Baby, look outside the window. What color is that tree by, you, by your uh, living room window? She says, white. She said, then it's spring. She said, that tree, watch this, always comes back to life when it's spring. If you've been paying attention to the stuff around you, God will give you a sign that he's getting ready to bring it back to life. That, ah. I ain't just talking about the trees and the flowers and the birds and the bees. I'm talking about the things that God has been showing you. He's been giving you signs that I'm about to bring it back to life. That thing that you thought was dead, that thing you thought was over with. God says, I'm getting ready to do a new thing. Some of y'all have been in the wintertime in the season of your life where it looked like everything had died. But after winter, the spring has to come again. So is there anybody in here besides me that feels God doing something new? I feel something about to sprout in my life. I feel something about to break through in my life. I feel some doors opening up, some windows opening up. Opportunities are coming. Y'all, I had the great honor of being in Florida uh, this past week uh, in a new fellowship that I've been called into. Uh, They have appointed your pastor as the Apostle over Pastoral Development uh, for Global United Fellowship. Uh, it is a fellowship of about 1,500 churches. I'll be responsible uh, for developing and teaching and leading 1,500 pastors and helping them to be healthy and to teach them some of the things that God has taught me. And Bishop Neil C. Ellis is the presiding bishop. Uh, he brought Ron and I into uh, the office before we came back to Memphis. And he says, I just want to tell you. He's got the Bahamian accent. He said, I just want to tell you, men of God. He said, everything you said, I wanted to say. And he says, and I want you to know that this is not your last stop. He said, watch this. I didn't tell him anything I went through last year. 2021 was the worst year of my life. And I even felt like quitting. And he didn't know that. And he said, God told me to tell you that because of where you were last year and all that you had to go through, he said, that was for this. Somebody should have caught that in your spirit What you went through last year that was for I just want to talk to somebody who barely made it out of this pandemic, and you didn't know if you were going to make it to see uh, another year outside the pandemic, but look at you. You're standing in here today. You're sitting in your in your living room. You're in your right mind. You still got the activity of your limbs. Can I tell you why? Because everything you went through, God says, I'm getting ready to use that for where I'm getting ready to take you after the wintertime spring has got to come. God has a plan for your life. And it took the pain in your life for the plan for your life. When you look at somebody and say, God, don't waste pain. That pain was for your purpose. And God is positioning you for something new. God says, I'm about ready to bring you back. Ah, uh, is there anybody in here that is hoping that God will bring back to life that which seemed to be dead in your life? Are you confused as to what season you're in? Look at your neighbor and say, "Hold on, something's about to sprout." Mm. When it's spring, we look forward to trees coming back, flowers coming back, warm weather coming back, grass coming back, morning birds coming back. But you know what? I I'm hoping comes back. I hope you come back. I ain't just talking about in the building. I'm glad you online worshiping this morning. I ain't trying to guilt you into coming into the building. I'm glad you online. You still in worship. I see you. But watch this. What I'm talking about is is I hope you come back from depression. I hope you come back from anxiety. I hope you come back from bankruptcy. I hope you come back from all your haters trying to talk and lie about you. I hope you come back to prosperity. I hope you come back to your right mind. I hope you come back to a healthy marriage. I hope you come back to your family of faith. I hope you come back to Jesus. Somebody said a long time ago, a setback is a setup for a comeback. I just want the people who've experienced some setbacks to stand up so I can see you because I got something to tell you. All the hell you've been through in the last couple of years, God said that was a setup. God says, I'm getting ready to set you up for a comeback, and you ain't seen nothing yet. You eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard, neither has it entered to the hearts of men. What God is about to do It's a setup. Touch somebody and tell them, that was for this. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Y'all sit Y'all act like y'all want me to preach today. Mama, I feel something moving in here. Watch it. For many of us, we've experienced some kind of death. Ah, We've experienced some kind of death or exile. I just want to talk to 50 y'all. Something literally died. Something literally died. You lost some loved ones. You lost some friends. You lost some relationship. Something died. Can I tell you something? There can be no resurrection unless there's a death. Some, hey, something just hit me. Do you know why winter is necessary? Because God has to kill off the stuff that's gonna kill you. If there's no winter, mosquitoes would take over. If there's no winter, termites would take over. God has to give the earth a rest and give a, give us a break from all of the pests and all of the things that would consume our harvest. And God had to allow a winter time in your life because you didn't have sense enough to let go of some of the stuff that was permeating your life and pestering your life. And God says, "Watch me, watch this, watch this." And some of the stuff He killed, you liked. You didn't have sense enough to kill it yourself. So God had to put you in a winter where he had to kill that relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And you thought you were by yourself cause you did something wrong. Now God says, I had to put you in a season of exile. What is exile? I'm glad you asked that question. Exile huh, typically happens when someone is excommunicated out of a community, extrapolated out of a community, and placed in a foreign territory. Ah, Marcus Garvey, who led the Back to Africa movement, was exiled to Jamaica. Are y'all listening? Because America saw him as a threat and exiled him to Jamaica. Uh, Every now and then we get into exile because it's a sense of punishment or conquest of a country that is under attack by another country. And in this particular sense, in this text I'm preaching from, Israel was exiled to Babylon because they had become idolatrous. What is idolatry? Y'all are asking a lot of good questions. Idolatry is whenever you put something in the place of God. As a result of idolatry, they were exiled, which means they were carried away. They didn't fall away. They were carried away. Some of the people, good God help me today. Some of the people who are not in the sanctuary were carried away. They didn't fall away. They were carried away. And watch this. It's a gradual carrying away. To the point where you don't even realize that I've created some new habits that are not healthy for me. I've I've gotten comfortable being out of fellowship with other believers, but it doesn't feel bad because I'm still getting the word. But my hope for you is that you come back. Pause. Experts have said that 50% of the people that were in church pre-pandemic are not coming back post-pandemic. Facts. Pause. unpause. But what God is doing is, is that he's bringing some exiles back. While at the same time, he's bringing some people who were never here. Watch this. So that the church is not going to look like what it looked like pre-pandemic. So let me help you real quick. Everybody turn around and look behind you. This is the last time that you're going to see this church like this. Turn back around. God said what is behind you, what is in front of you, is better than what's behind you. God says I'm not bringing you back to normal. God says I'm taking you to a new normal which requires exile. And while they were in exile, they had some people lying to them saying that we're going to get back to normal. Everything going to go back to the way it was. And God says, don't listen to them people. Don't let them bust your dreams. Don't don't let them lie to you. Watch this, because I have not sent them. Y'all got to be careful of people who are putting lies in your head as if we're going back to normal. This requires an adaptation and a change in you because if you don't change, you're going to die. How we do commerce, Elder Tommy, is going to be different. Yes, sir. How we do church is going to be different. How we live life is going to be different. But God says, it's okay because I'm going to send you back different. Right. On, oh. you, you can't stand here and cry and talk about how much money you lost and how many friends you lost. God says, I, I did that on purpose. Yeah. I had to kill some stuff so you can see some stuff. Oh, my God. Preach, boy. Isaiah said, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. Did you hear what I just said? In the year that king, Uzziah was his cousin. Uzziah was a good friend. And when Uzziah died, Isaiah was distraught at first, but then the Lord revealed himself to Isaiah in a way that he never revealed himself because he wouldn't have seen it because all of his eyes, his idolatry was upon Uzziah. He had put Uzziah in the place of God and God took Uzziah out of the place so that Isaiah could see God and not Uzziah. (laughs) Who have you made God? Maybe that's why you're in exile. Maybe that's why you feel distant. Maybe, you, maybe that's why you still feel like you're in winter. But the good news is, Ed, is that even when God has to put you in exile, he says, I'm coming back for you. I'm coming back because, watch this, I have a plan for your life. I have a plan for your life, a future for you. I have a hope for you. God says, I have not forgotten about you. Can somebody celebrate with me that that's good news, that God... Has not Harold forgotten about you or your family? He has not forgotten about you. He says, I have a future and a hope. Watch this. But what happens to a hope deferred? Langston Hughes says, What happens to a dream deferred? Does it crust over like a sherpy sweet? Does it sag like a heavy load? Or does it just explode? We saw an explosion. on the the Oscar stage come on don't act like you didn't see that slap it hurt me I love Will I love Jada I love Chris that was like a family argument in public it was embarrassing it was hurtful I love all three of them in terms of what they've been able to accomplish for our culture, for our people, and to witness that on TV, it hurt my heart. But I also had empathy for Chris, I had empathy for Jada, I had empathy for Will, particularly because he was a catalyst of this. And when he slapped him, I thought it was fake because that's not his character. Come on, y'all, talk to me. That's not Will Smith's character. Will has been clean. He's represented us well with dignity and class. And this was not him. And so I said, Lord, you got to help me with this. What's going on? He said he exploded because his hope was deferred. Wait a minute. Y'all looking at me right now. Wait a minute. He's he's almost a billionaire. What hope are you talking about? Uh, That that people would get up off his marriage. That he would be past embarrassment and that he would overcome the trigger of not being able to protect what he loves. See, I read his memoir, and in his memoir he said he struggled all his life feeling like a coward because he could not stop his mother from being beaten by his father. So fast forward to the Oscars, and you've been through entanglement, you've been through scrutiny, you've been through embarrassment, and somebody gets up in front of 15 million people and pokes fun at your wife's medical condition whether he did it on purpose or by accident, what he heard was, so you just going to let him talk to your wife that way? And here's another thing. I'm going to make all this fit. Just trust me. Will Smith had waited his whole life for this moment. He'd been hoping to be the highest paid actor and to get an Oscar. He was right here getting ready to receive an Oscar. And Denzel Washington said it best, at your highest point, the devil can show up. And when y'all have unresolved issues, when you have hope that's been deferred, you can put yourself in a position to miss your blessing when they're getting ready to hand it to you. Don't let your unresolved issues and your anger cause you to miss the blessing that you've been waiting on. God says, I have a hope and a future for you, but here's the thing. I hope you don't mess it up because of unresolved issues. Can I say some more about that? Can I teach some more on that? Watch this. Will Smith resigned from the Academy of Arts and Science. this wonderful career and reach the pinnacle to have to resign but let me ask you a question have you resigned have you resigned from God's calling on your life have you resigned from the purpose that God has from you have you resigned from God's blessing because you chose to act out of your emotion and not be led by the Spirit Y'all got so much commentary about Will and Jada, but what about your marriage? How, y'all, how you doing? Are, are you and your husband and your wife, are y'all in good communication? Are y'all healthy? Is your relationship healthy? Or are you too busy focusing on what other couples are doing? What about you, single folk? Are you in healthy relationship with people that you're connected to? Are or you, are, are you a part of entanglements? Look at somebody and say, I hope you come back. I hope you come back. I hope you come back from depression. I hope you come back from anxiety. I hope you come back from bad relationships. The children of Israel were hopeful that things would get back to normal. They had been exiled or carried away because of idolatry. They had put other things in the place of God. They didn't fall away. They were carried away. They've been carried away by shame of decisions they've made. They've been carried away by bad decisions. But but God says, I have a hope and a future. How many of y'all know that Jesus is the hope of the world? My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is our hope is in Jesus Christ that's why we get excited for Easter it's not about rabbits it's not about eggs it's not about grass it's about hope hope that we will come out of all of this stuff we've been through hope that we can find life after death hope that we can end generational poverty hope that we can bring crime down in our community hope that marriages can be mended hope that people can come out of depression hope that people can be healed from cancer does anybody still have hope Touch your neighbor. Say, don't give up. You're too close. He said, Jeremiah said, he said, y'all not coming. you all not coming back to to normal, but God's bringing normal back to you. I got to say that again for the people in the back. I said, God is not taking us back to normal. He's bringing normal back to us. Y'all don't believe me, do you? Okay. I'm going to give you five things and we're out of here. Jeremiah says, here's what I need y'all to do. Y'all ain't coming back to Jerusalem. You ain't coming back to the New Direction the way it was. When you come back, it's going to be different. But before I bring you back, I got to bring you back. I'm going to say that again. Before I bring you back in the building from your couch, I got to build you on your couch. Before I bring you back to get married again, I'm gonna make sure you're married to me. I gotta build you up before I bring you back. And here's how we're gonna do. It. Number one, I hope you come back to building your home. What does Jeremiah tell them? This is crazy now. Listen to me. You, you, don't listen. They are in Babylon, different culture, different people. It is not their home. They are longing to get back to Jerusalem, but they're in captivity in Babylon. Whole whole nother culture, whole nother religion. But here's what Jeremiah says. He says, buy you a house, build you a house in Babylon and stay there. What? I want to go home. No, 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 no. I need you to build a house and stay there. When Rhonda and I first moved to Memphis in 1995, she said, baby, I'm gonna go with you, but we're only gonna stay three years. (laughs) I'm gonna give you three years, partner. (laughs) And we're going back to Kentucky. I said, I'm with that. I I just wanna go down here and see what this youth pastor thing is about, because I know God's gonna, he wants me to pastor church, and so we came, you know, thinking it was gonna be a little three-year assignment, and uh, got down here, and the Lord started blessing. Uh, and then a church called me from Louisville, Kentucky, and said they wanted me to be their pastor. I was excited. I was ready to move. I was ready to go. And then I went talk to my wife, who said she only wanted to be here three years. I said, "Baby, they want me to be their pastor." And she said, "Well, you got to tell them you can't come." I said, "What are you saying?" She says, God would not bring us somewhere, baby, and then just uproot us. I want to plant a tree and watch it grow. And I had to call them people and tell them, thanks but no thanks. And then that same year, Pastor Stella, Pastor Alvin O'Neill Jackson said he was leaving Mississippi Boulevard. The man who called me from Kentucky, who I loved and respected. Was leaving me and I said Rhonda you sure we got to stay here but what the Lord was listen I'm saying this for a purpose what the Lord was telling me was no I need you to build I need you to build right here where I planted you I brought you to Memphis you didn't choose to come here and if I had not built a house and stayed in Memphis there would be no New Direction Christian Church what are you saying? What does that have to do with me, Pastor? I'm glad you asked the question. Build something. Be where you are. Type in the comments, be where you are. Somebody shout real quick, be where you are. Y'all so busy looking at your next move that you don't see where you planted at. You haven't even reaped all of the benefits that God wants for you because your eye is on the next day and God says, be here, stay here. Y'all so busy church hopping that you don't build the house that you're in. Touch somebody, say, stay here. Do you know how you get equity in your house? Stay here. The housing market is doing all kind of stuff. I thought about selling my house, you know, after the boys, empty nesters. And the Lord said, no, no, no. Stay here. Build that equity up. The more you build equity up, when it's time for you to sell it or move you get more for your your house because you stayed there. Watch this. Just because you got a house don't mean it's a home. A room is still a room. Even when there's... (laughs) Luther said, a house is not a home when there's no one there. Watch this. God in this season wants us to build homes, not houses. God wants us to build new habits for our houses. Are y'all eating dinner together and praying before dinner or is everybody on their phone in front of the TV while y'all eating? Are you and your spouse really intimate or y'all just roommates? God says in this season, I want you to build a house. Somebody say build a house. Number two, I hope you come back to building your home. That's number one. Number two is, I want you to plant a garden. Y'all wake up back there now. Wake up, go with me. I want you to plant a garden and eat its fruit. Everybody say, plant a garden. garden. Somebody say, I want to be fruitful in this next season. Now this is, pay attention to me. Where are they? They are in where? Exile. They are in Babylon, right? which means they're in captivity, they don't have anything of their own. God says, watch this, I'm going to make you prosperous in the place where you're captive. He says, I want you to use your horticultural skills, your agricultural skills, and what you produce, you're going to eat on. God, in this season, wants y'all to stop complaining about captivity and start being fruitful in the place where you are. It's, I, I got to teach you a little bit so I'll was, I was say how can I get this point across to them this is a, this is a they're not, we're not in an agricultural era so they're not from the country like me God how can I help them get this and here's what God gave me God says do you remember slavery if you remember if, you, if you've read about slavery raise your hand y'all, y'all know we came primarily from where West Africa in Ghana here's what happened in Ghana when they were captured, when they were captured by the slave traders, they knew they were getting ready to be exiled. You know what they did? They went and got seed and rice and planted it in the scalp and braided it in the hair of the girls, so that Hazel, when they got to America, they let down their hair, took out the seed and planted it in the ground. So some of the vegetation that we enjoy, like okra and rice, did not come from America. It came from Africa, because they had the wherewithal to hide the seed in their head until they got planted in Babylon. There are rice fields in South Carolina today because of what our ancestors did 400 years ago by planting rice in their children's hair. Watch this. There's something planted in your head. that is going to allow you and your family to prosper. There are people that don't understand how you got out of poverty, how you came out of Ditchwater, Mississippi, how you came out of the housing projects, how you came out of single wire trailer, how you came out of generational poverty, and now you got a business that is growing, that is flourishing, and people don't understand it. What they don't understand is, is that this was planted in my head over 400 years ago. Everything I need to succeed is already in my head. Is there anybody in here who can testify that I graduated, not summa cum laude, but I graduated, thank you, Lord, because I had a head full of sense? Touch somebody, tell them what you need is in your head. Use your head, man. Don't use. is the season to use your head. There's some millionaires sitting in here but you ain't been fruitful. I would dare say there's some billionaires in here but you ain't been fruitful because you haven't been using your head. You got stuff in your head that you've not planted. It doesn't get planted until you do something with the idea. (laughs) Tag on I'm out of time. Watch this. Number three I hope you come back to meaningful relationships. Listen to me. The church is not a building. However, the church is people. And people make the church. Everybody repeat after me. We are the bride of Christ. That's the church. If you agree with that, raise your hand. We are, we are the bride, the bride. Of, Christ. of Christ. That's the church. That's, the church. That's, us. That's us. All right. Yes. Everybody agree with that? Yes. Help me understand something. How can you say you love Jesus, Come on now. the groom, but hate his bride? Jesus says one day he's coming back for his bride. But if you're not here, if you're not in right relationship, then you're going to miss his return. You can't hate the church and say you're in relationship because the church is about relationship, fellowship. We have to be in right relationship. This is, watch this, Jeremiah tells the people, I need y'all to marry. Jeremiah wasn't married because, watch this, he purposely didn't get married to, to show us a picture of what was going to happen in exile. Marriage would cease in Babylon because they would not allow them to get married. Even in slavery, y'all not talking to me, even in slavery, Africans were not allowed the dignity of marrying. They treated us like breeders, bulls. Men were were supposed to breed babies and then abandon their families, but because we knew God, we still married in Babylon. We had jumping the broom ceremonies down by the Hush Harbors because we knew God. Watch this: wanted us to marry and to multiply. Are y'all listening to me, real quick? During this pandemic, marriages have decreased to the point, and, and people have prolonged or delayed getting married late into their thirties, and some not. not. at all because we are in a new dispensation of time where people don't value marriage. But for those of us who are believers, I hear God saying, I want you to marry and have children and get your children some spouses so you can continue to multiply and not dwindle. I love the season of life that Rhonda and I are in. Uh, she's holding her little niece right now. I'm looking forward to holding grandbabies. But I told my sons, I said, don't bring me no grandbabies <laughs> until after you get married. And, and, and a couple of them are, are dating some really nice young ladies, and, and, and I'm out for dating. That's you know, it's how you discover you know, who your spouse is going to be. Uh, but, but my oldest, it seems like he's found the one, and I'm like, look, boy, um, what you waiting on? He who finds a wife finds a good thing and finds favor with the Lord. I said, don't, don't let that good thing get away from you. I said, go on, do right by her and, and lock it down because we want some grandbabies later on. I want him to multiply. But here's what I'm telling my sons. Y'all got to be in right relationship. There is a right way to do things. And, and 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 church is about relationship. It's not about religion. Religion is focusing on the building and how many people are in the seats. That's religion. Relationship is about how can I make myself better and other people better by being in right relationship. That's what the church is about. That's what connect groups are about. It's about holding each other accountable, praying for one another, studying the Bible together. You cannot grow in isolation. Is this working? You cannot grow by yourself. And even, watch this, I'm not, y'all think I'm fussing at the people online, I'm not. They're, they're where they're supposed to be in this season. I'm talking to y'all who are sitting in the building, but you're in exile. Because as, was it, who was it? Bobby Blue Bland or somebody said, your body is here with me, but your mind is on the other side of town. Let me, let me. Come here, let me talk to you real quick. People online, let me talk to you. Your body is here with me, but your finger is on the mouse key getting ready to switch to another broadcast. It's about relationship. Jeremiah says, marry, have children, multiply. Do y'all know God wants us to grow? That God wants us to be fruitful? That God wants us to multiply? That happens when we are in right relationship and we marry. All right, here's the next thing I'm going to say. I got two more points, I believe. Watch this. Number four, I hope you, I hope you come and help me pray for our city. I, I hope, what, what does he say? Jeremiah says, seek out the welfare of the city you're in, for your welfare is tied to the city's welfare. He says, work for its peace. And he also says, watch this, pray for its welfare. Are y'all with me? Yeah. Work for the peace. Social justice is the work. Prayer is the power force that causes the change. And we decided a long time ago that we were going to help change the narrative of Memphis, Tennessee through being a partner with Micah. But watch this, we also decided that unless the Lord watches over a city, this, this, the watchman watches in vain. So we knew we had to pray. And so we locked in a date every month that we prayed 24 hours for the city of Memphis because as Memphis does better, you do better. So on this Friday, on April 8th of every month, we come together, we pray 24 hours uh, for the city of Memphis. On this coming Friday, everybody say this Friday, this Friday. April, 8th, April 8th, we're going to pray 24 hours. Here's the difference. We're coming in the building to pray. The church will be open for 24 hours. I'm going to spend the night. Now, normally this is my date night, but she's going to see her mama. So I'm going to be, in essence, single that night. She said, no, you're not. Um, I'm going to be without my wife present. I'm going to be married without my wife present. And I'm going to be in the house of God on my face. And I'm wondering how many of y'all can volunteer an hour, an hour. You know what Jesus asked his disciples? He said, can you watch with me and pray with me? How long? One hour. When Jesus went in to pray, what did he come back and find them doing? sleeping he said can you not watch with me ed one hour how many of y'all can watch with me an hour this friday i just said an hour y'all can't give god wait a minute, i'm getting ready Hold on. you mean to tell me all of y'all people i've been seeing at all these joe concerts anthony hamilton concerts can't come to church for an hour. You were there with no mask on. Hey, say, David. But you can't come for. Did I see you at the New Edition concert? With no mask. Did I see you at the Grizzly game? Talking about 10 o'clock. Did I I see you? And so I'm going to turn around and ask this question again. Stand up if you can come and pray with me one hour Friday. One hour, Friday. Stand up if you ain't working Friday. Then you should have stood up the first time I asked you the question. (laughs) Look at your neighbor and say, prayer changes things. And I believe that in this season God wants to release miracle signs and wonders but the thing that's going to propel us into this next season is that we got to get our prayers up I believe that when we pray God says ask and it shall be given knock and the door shall be open seek and you shall find does anybody believe that prayer changes things I just want some people who are waiting on God to do something miraculous in your life to stand up because I want to touch and agree with your faith that God is going to do something supernatural in your life that God is going to turn it around can you touch and agree with your neighbor and put your hand on their shoulder and tell them I'm touching and agreeing with you that God is going to change it for you just as we touch and agree that God is going to change Memphis I believe our prayers can bring crime down I believe that our prayers can bring living wages I believe that our prayers can reduce the amount of domestic violence in the apartments around our community I believe that God is going to send the finances to your house and my house I believe that God is going to bring his lost sheep fold a new direction? Can somebody touch and agree with me and look at your neighbor and say, I pray for you and you pray for me? Now let's watch God change things. Can you point at three people and say, I'm praying for you, I'm praying for you, I'm praying for you. I wish I had a church that knew the power of prayer that when we pray, God can do some miraculous things. God can heal a woman that's been bent over for 18 years by the power of prayer. God can take a bear Woman and give her a baby through the power of prayer. God can raise Lazarus from the dead after being in the grave for four days with the power of prayer. God can the city of Jericho. They had fortified walls and tell Joshua to march around seven days. And on the seventh day, march around seven times and shout and watch the walls come down. I want somebody to practice with me real quick and now we need you to release the sound in the atmosphere and watch the walls in this city start to come down. So when I count to three, can y'all give a shout of victory knowing that what we do on this Friday, when we pray, when we come together that god can tear the walls down in memphis tennessee on the count of three release your praise one two and three somebody give god some praise today come on praise him in advance for what god's getting ready to do somebody step out in the aisle Praise dance. Somebody lift up your hands. Somebody shout. Somebody praise him. Watch God do it. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Has he done it for you? Has he done it for you? Type in your comments. I'm coming back. I'm coming back to worship. I'm coming back to service. I'm coming back to God. Watch this. Last thing I want to say is that I hope you come back to God's house. I'm glad you're online. I'm glad y'all here, but I'm hoping all of us come back into God's house. And when I say God's house, I'm not talking about a physical building. I'm talking about being under a covering. Good God Almighty. Bishop Neil Ellis told me, he says, he says, "I, I heard you praying in the spirit, and you've been praying. You were praying for a home. You were praying for a covering. You were praying for a place where you fit. He said, don't look anymore, you home. I, I want to tell somebody the same thing. You've been praying for a place to fit. You've been praying for a place for, where you belong. Look at your neighbor and say, you belong here in the house of God. You belong here in the house of New Direction. You belong here. I am your pastor. God has sent me in your life to cover you. you in the right place at the right time serving the right God. And I believe that one day God is going to send a new Jerusalem. They wanted to go back to the old Jerusalem. But God says, I need you to plant. I need you to build a house. I need you to stay right there he says and when it's time to bring you back i'm bringing you back to a new jerusalem when i look at Revelation chapter 21 it says behold i saw the new jerusalem coming down a city of god coming down out of heaven and not made by man's hands he said i heard the angel tell me that god is going to make a new jerusalem where there be no more sickness and no more dying and no more no more pain and god is going to take every tear from your eye can somebody celebrate with me that you're about ready to walk into a new Jerusalem, that you get ready to head in a new direction from the inside out. Look at your neighbor and say, get ready to walk into the new thing that God has for you. Don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. A setback is a setup for a comeback, and I hope you come back. Can you hit somebody on the elbow and tell them I hope you I hope you come back from depression. I hope you come back from bankruptcy. I hope you come back from anxiety. I hope you come back from your mistake. I hope you come back from cancer. I hope you come back from diabetes. I hope you come back from rejection. I hope you come back from burnout. I hope you come back from suicide. I hope you come back. Look at somebody and say it's time to come back. Somebody shout, I'm on my way back. purpose. I'm on my way back to peace. I'm on my way back to joy. I'm on my way back out of bankruptcy. I'm on my way back. Can somebody shout with me? I'm back. I'm back where I belong. I'm back. I'm ready to commit to ministry. I'm back. I'm ready to pray on Friday night. I'm back. I'm ready for connect groups. I'm back. I'm ready to reach 1,400 people for Easter. 140 on the parking lot on Easter. I'm back. I'm ready to see my children's children blessed and prosperous. Can you high five your neighbor with your elbow and say, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Come on, somebody. Say it. I'm back. Say it. I'm back. I feel James Brown here. I'm back. Somebody needs to expect something in your bank account this week. I'm back. Somebody needs to expect a phone call about a new job. I'm back. Somebody needs to expect your son or your daughter who is on drugs to come back and say, mama, thank you for praying for me. I'm back. Can y'all do me a favor? You got your mask on, right? I need you to grab somebody on the shoulders and say, I want to pray for you real quick. I need you to find one person and just face them and pray past their ear. Don't pray in their face. Pray past their ear. We're going to figure out how to do some new stuff. I need you to put your hands on their shoulders and pray for them. And I'm praying for the people online. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I decree and declare that you are setting us up for a comeback. And I decree and declare right now for every person online that God you are bringing them back to the place where they can prosper. You have a plan for their life. You've got a plan for their life. A hope and a future. And God I pray right now that God they would anticipate the hope that you have for them and that they would wait on the future that you have for them. Father in the name of Jesus. God we're hoping and waiting for a breakthrough. We're hoping and waiting for healing. We're hoping and waiting for a way out of no way. So Father God do it right now in the name of Jesus. God I'm praying for somebody. God to get a spiritual breakthrough right now God. I'm praying for that heavy yoke to fall off their neck i'm praying father for forgiveness for that slap i'm praying father in the name of jesus that you would bring that husband and wife back together i'm praying for that single person who's been lonely and languishing in depression that you would lift up their heavy spirit right now i'm praying for that brother and sister who's been struggling financially that their business plan would work that their business would grow that you give them multiple streams of income i'm praying for somebody who's been emotionally defeated that God, you would resurrect them and raise them back up and give them a hope in the future and allow them to know that you're about ready to send them in a new direction from the inside out. God, we pray right now that you would do a new thing in the name of Jesus, that you would heal troubled hearts, that you'd fill empty spirits, that you put our feet on solid ground, that you will remind us today of how much we're loved. God, I hear you saying today, there's nothing we can do today that will make us love you more, that will make you love us more than you already love us right now. There's nothing we can do that would ever make you stop loving us. God, I say thank you. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. God, thank you for forgiveness for when we offended somebody and slapped somebody. Thank you for the grace that when we were slapped, we did not retaliate in violence. Thank you, God, that when we were in entanglements, you loosed us and let us go. And now, Father, I pray today that you would bring your people back to worship. Bring us back to the house of God. Bring us back to right relationship. Bring us back to fruitfulness. Bring us back to economic stability. Bring us back to homes, not just houses. And, Father, I thank you that you have a plan for my brother, You got a plan for my sister, plans for them to prosper, plans for them to succeed, plans for them to be fruitful, plans for them to make it. God bless Fifi, bless Phyllis right now, bless Gerald McHenry and his business, God, help him to flourish. Bless Tamara, bless Geraldine, God bless Mick. God bless Rhonda right now in the name of Jesus. Bless Zanette with a good doctor's report. Thank you for healing Andreas. Heal Angela Rainey from the inside out. Do it, Jesus, right now. Thank you for healing Mimi. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Thank you for Pastor Arnita and the future you have for her. Father, thank you. Thank you for our elders and our lay pastors and and all of our staff and all of the members and all of the disciples of Christ that belong to New Direction Christian Church. God, I speak healing. I speak a next level anointing over every household right now. I speak divine increase in the name of Jesus. Everything attached to me wins. God, I decree and declare that the blessing of God is waiting on each and every person when they get back home today. God, I thank you that the voicemail is already flashing with a phone call. I thank you, Father God, that on Wednesday, somebody's gonna open up the mailbox and the check is in the mail. God, I thank you right now that by the end of the week, we'll see miracle signs and wonders follow us because we took the time to fall on our face and pray for the city of Memphis. God, we speak turnaround for New Direction Christian Church. We speak, Father God, that there'll be overflow in the sanctuary because you're going to bring the people back to God. You're going to bring the people back to your house. Eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard, neither has it entered to the heart of men and women. What you're about to do in this place, God, we give you glory in advance. And then, Father, we pray right now that if there's anybody that does not know Jesus as a personal Lord and Savior, if there's anybody in here who does not have a church home, God, if there's anybody that wants to be baptized on April 17th along with the 140 people we're going to baptize, God, I pray somebody would say, here I am. Uh, if there, if you're in this sanctuary uh, and you want to give your life to Christ so you want to be baptized, you want to make New Direction Christian Church your official church home, would you raise your hand, all eyes closed all his about if you're in this sanctuary and you want to make new direction Christian church your home church and you want to be baptized or you want to give your life to Christ raise your hand in the sanctuary raise your hand in the sanctuary amen I see you I see you raise your hand in the sanctuary if you're like God I'm ready I'm ready for you to do a new thing in my life God I want to be baptized I need a new church home raise your hand I see you I see you now if you're online and you want to give your life to Christ if you want to give your life to Christ you can raise your hand or you can do this you can text new d to 63566 text new d to 63566 wherever you are in this house or your house god has got a new plan for your life he's got a new hope for your life he's got a future for your life but you got to say yes yes to his will and yes to his way in jesus name we pray Hallelujah and amen. Put your blessed hands together. Before we go and walk out of this building, I want to remind you that I appreciate how you've taken the seeds that have been planted in you and you've placed them in good ground. The only reason New Direction made it through a pandemic, y'all, many churches did not make it. A lot of churches had to close shop because people were not sowing seed. But not so with New Direction. You were faithful in this pandemic. And you took seed and you put it in good ground. And God's been meeting needs all over our community. I've had people email me and say, I'm not a member of your church, but I drove past your church and saw y'all feeding people. And I want to make a donation. People are rejoicing at how we engage with our community through the work of social justice with Micah. People are paying attention to what y'all are doing. And pastors from all over the world are asking, how did y'all do what you did? And I said, because we had some people who were faithful with their seed. So I want to say thank you today. I want to say thank you for tithing, for giving offerings, for giving your time, for giving your talent. And, And like Pastor Jackson told us earlier, that when we obedient and giving God what he asks us to give. God says I'm going to protect the devourer. I'm going to protect you from the devourer. I'm going to protect your crops. I'm going to protect your income. Y'all gas prices are super duper high but you still driving. You want to know why? Because God is protecting your resources. <laughs> the housing bubble they say is getting ready to burst but you you know what? You in a house and you good. Because God is protecting your finances. Groceries are high as them up. But you still eating. Because God is protecting your resources. Why is God protecting my resources? Because I believed him at his word. He says, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house. And God says, What? Prove me. Watch me. Hazel, if I will not open up the windows and pour you out a blessing that you won't have room to receive. Look at your neighbor and say, you are not going to run out. Would you touch somebody else and tell them, God got you. You are not going to run out. Type in the comments, I am not going to run out because I'm sowing seed in good ground.